Good morning, I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our LinkedIn cyber space through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Good morning, everybody. Well, I don't know what it's like in your neck of the woods, but here in South Florida, it is gorgeous outside. A, a perfect day, and uh, everybody is in a good mood at Earl Stewart on Cars. It's a happy day anyway because we love what we do here. We love helping you, uh, the radio and the cyberspace audience. Uh, we love the dialogue. We love the exchange of information. And I say exchange seriously because we learn a lot from you too. Your calls are very important. We're uh, able to field most of your questions. Your comments are usually extraordinary. We have some good regular callers who I look at as friends. We have new callers. Uh, we have a very, very special offer for female new callers that Nancy Stewart, my co-host, will explain to you in just a couple of minutes. Uh, we probably have one of the most, uh, what's the word, uh, capable auto technicians anywhere uh, in the studio. Uh, I introduced him in the recorded introduction you may have just heard. His name is Rick Kearney. Without peer out there, virtually without peer, you can find him on YouTube. Um, at uh, Earl on Cars, and he does a lot of uh, YouTube clips on things that you encounter daily, uh, common things that uh, you hear a noise, uh, you smell something, uh, you feel a rattle or a roll or a rock. <laughs> you got a problem with the car and you don't know what the hell it is, and you don't want to go into a car dealership because they're going to nail you. They're going to uh, tell you you need to have a new engine or a new transmission. You just want to get rid of that rattle or, or vibration. And we do YouTubes on that, Rick Kearney does, and they're very educational at Earl on Cars, youtube.com forward slash Earl on Cars. And Rick, I call him right now. I mean, uh, uh, if, you're, uh, if you're my age, if you're a senior, pick up the telephone. Call 877-960-9960. Might wanna write that number down, 877 960-9960, because you'll come up with a, you'll think of something you want to ask Rick or ask Nancy or ask me, ask Stu. And we're here, we're here to help any way we can. Uh, if you're a member of the cyber generation, which I guess the majority of the world is now, um, I used to be part of the majority and now I'm no longer at my age, but uh, most of you understand texting. I mean, that's about... 95% of the population, you can text us at 772-497-6530. That text number again is 772-497-6530. And then we've got Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Earl on Cars. We have YouTube. In fact, you want to communicate with Rick Kearney directly, he's our YouTube monitor. Stu monitors the Facebook. and. Um, you can text us uh, anybody 
and uh, you can call anybody. We prioritize the calls, 877-960-9960. We prioritize the telephone because we've only got, I think, four phone lines coming in. And uh, if we get too busy and we start yakking, well, I'm the biggest yacker here, but if I'm yakking too much, sometimes uh, we in the past, we have neglected calls. We try very carefully not to do that. Nancy slaps me uh, if I'm yakking and the phone call comes in and she monitors the phones very carefully. So we prioritize your phone calls. They're better, really. I mean, I'm not putting telephones down as being old fashioned. They're far more personal. And you, you get to know somebody when you hear their voice and inflections and uh, whatnot. Uh, it's, it's not, you know, texts are a little more impersonal. But we love to hear your voice and uh, the, the dialogue. There's, you have a dialogue with a, with a phone call, 877-960-9960. Uh, got to mention again our mystery shopping report, the highlight of the show. Um, Sometimes we take it for granted, but every every week I think you know nobody else is doing it yet. Uh, I've never seen uh, anybody, I guess, take the chance to go out and visit, uh, let's say, a business. We do retail car dealerships, but how many how many shows have you seen where weekly somebody goes into a business, pretends to purchase a product, and tells you how they were treated? I mean, it's better than a Google rating to hear what really happens. You, It'd be nice if you could see how does Best Buy compared to Target compared to uh, Walmart. Wouldn't it be nice? Well, you can, you can find out how car dealers compare by going to AroundCars.com and we have shopping reports, mystery shopping reports. And every week we have a fresh one. This was made just hot off the press Thursday. It was made in Tennessee. And we went into a Tennessee car dealership, our mystery shopper, Agent Lightning, and pretended to buy a Jeep. And it's very educational. There's something new almost every week, something extremely interesting this week and every week. So they're fun to listen to. Then you vote on them at the end of the show. Do we pass A, B, C, D, F? If they, if they pass, if they don't get an F, we put them on the recommended dealer list. But we have the scores there now, too. We didn't used to. And you can look down under Nissan dealers, look under Honda dealers, look under Chevrolet or Ford dealers, and find the dealers that are recommended. Not now. Unfortunately, we can't do this. Haven't yet reached out in all the states like we're just mainly Florida and mainly South Florida. But you're going to love the mystery shopping report, I promise you. That's in the second half of the show. Uh, let me, uh, and by the way, Stu Stewart, my, my son, and he's uh, also in charge of our cyber shopping, and he oversees Agent Lightning and Agent Thunder. Uh, he is, uh, he is uh, uh, writes the report, I read it, he writes it, and he coordinates the whole thing. So he's, he's Mr. Cyberspace, and uh, I'm just the uh, pretty face that reads it on the air. I'm going to introduce Nancy Stewart, my co-host, and uh, she's been with me for 20 years as the co-host of Earl Stewart on Cars. Started out as a half an hour show, and she's built the show uh, immeasurably with female participation. and. Uh, you females listening, a lot of you listen, I know that, and some of you watch on Facebook and YouTube, but we don't get as many callers as we'd like. We're, we're, we're pushing 50%. We've had over 50% some weeks, but we want to get that a steady, normal thing. So, Nancy? Good morning, everyone, and welcome. Uh, we certainly are 
well humbled by the talent right here in this studio uh, from, uh, you know, everyone that surrounds us every Saturday morning. And uh, we give you this uh, free advice, information, and uh, Rick and, and Stu and Jonathan, uh, uh, it, it's just an amazing team and uh, we're very fortunate. Uh, on to the ladies, uh, as I always say, never underestimate the power of a woman. And ladies, $50 for the first two new lady callers this morning. Win yourself $50, it's real easy. Give us a call at 877-960-9960. And uh, for the others, uh, you can text us at 772-497-6530. And uh, don't forget uh, youranonymousfeedback.com. Right there, you can, well, express yourself and we'd love to hear from you. Also, uh, if you didn't notice, I'm wearing Earl's Vigilante's famous hat this morning. And uh, we, we just love our volunteers that are signing up, helping us. And uh, you don't have to be an auto expert, uh, but uh, you can, you know, join and, and, and help people in your community. And uh, well, in addition to that, you can be helping us too. So go to earlsvigilantes.com. We are going to go straight to the phones and talk to Howard, who is a regular caller from Jupiter. Good morning, Howard. Good morning. Hope you're all fine. And it's a beautiful day. Tomorrow's going to rain. But we need the rain, so uh, let's we do. hope it rains. Okay. Um, my question, uh, it's not a question, it's uh, actually a statement about brakes. Um, when I... I had drum brakes. My last drum brake car was a 2001 Toyota Camry with the rear, rear drum brakes. My question is why the drum brakes worked fine in the rear. Why don't they work fine up front? I have a question for Rick. The number one reason with that is drum brakes have a tendency to become out of adjustment. Even though they're, they're supposed to be self-adjusting, they don't work as effectively as disc brakes, which are self-adjusting, and disc brakes actually are much stronger. They apply much better stopping force, and since the front brakes do 70% of the stopping of your, of your brakes, that's the best ones to have. That's why pretty much every single vehicle Toyota makes right now, and just about anything anywhere else you'll find, they're going over to disc brakes. All four. All the way around, yeah. all four, yep. So uh, uh, Toyota doesn't make any, any uh, drum brakes anymore for in the rear uh, car. I think the, rear, the, the only holdout right Trump. now is the Tacoma <coughs> pickup yeah. still has drum brakes on the back. And I don't know why they haven't switched that over, but that's the last one. Because they work real well on the Tacoma. <laughs> well, they last forever, too. <laughs> they work great for me. They were uh, you know, never replaced. Uh, I, I, I always backed up. The adjustment is when you back up. They get adjusted, correct? They're supposed to, but unfortunately, that doesn't work as effectively as it should. What is the difference in cost, Rick? You mentioned that the uh, disc brakes are more expensive, and now they're standard on most cars. Uh, how much? Uh, what's the what's the approximate? Uh, what, what's the brake job cost on a drum? A complete brake job on a drum, drum, drum brakes versus disc brakes? 
They're actually pretty similar in price right now. They, so the maintenance is about the same. Yeah. But the initial cost, you're saying, of the whole system? I, that's what I think is the initial is oh. the initial cost of building it. But for some reason, Toyota has switched every other vehicle, including the Tundras, over to disc brakes in the rear. I see. But Tacoma, they've kept them as drum. I don't know. It's uh, Maybe it's a tribute to the past or something? <laughs> Great question. Obviously, even the dealer didn't know the answer to that question completely. And that's the reason I love the callers, because I, I learn as much from Rick as you do. I really appreciate that kind of a call. Yeah. Okay, thank you. And one other question, uh, since we're on brakes. Uh, a friend of mine told me, uh, and he was a tech, he said he's going to replace his, um, his brake pads, and um, he's going to take a look at the um, uh, discs or rotors. What's the correct word, disc or rotor, Mike? Either one, they're interchangeable. Okay, so he says he, he look at it, and he's going to uh, sand it down, and he's going to put the pads on without cutting the rotors. So I told him it's a, you know he's taking a chance because um, I believe what happens is that the uh, the uh, the pads have, get a certain shape, and they they uh, they contour towards the, the rotors, and when you put new pads on, uh, they can actually scuff the rotors up and, and not really seat correctly. Am I, am I correct? Yep. Oh, so all right. Okay, great. So now, if uh, I'm going to do a brake job and I bring it into your shop, which I will, uh, do you mic the rotor to see if uh, uh, you can use the rotors, or, you ha or, or do you have to? You know, in other words, is, is there a uh, situation where you have to replace the rotors after you mic them. Yeah, when you, now he, he's using the word mic, which is uh, basically it's a slang term for using a micrometer to measure the thickness of the rotors. Thank you, Rick. A lot of people don't. Yep. So you, you and Howard are a couple of uh, tech heads. We're, we're gearheads, that's gearheads, for sure. That's what it is, yeah. So uh, anyways, you're, you're measuring how thick that rotor is, and once that rotor has been worn down to where it's too thin, it's not safe to reuse it because as it gets thinner like that, it can't really dissipate the heat properly and it will begin to warp and then you get major brake pulsations. So yes, we do measure the rotor. We make sure that it's, you know, that it looks clean, that you don't have any cracks or anything like that in it. And we'll measure the thickness of it, make sure it's safe to still be used. And if it is, then we will grind just a thin layer off each side of it to make a nice smooth clean surface for those new pads to ride on. Next question, and the last one. Why should I use a Toyota rotor and not a Chinese rotor? Quality. You get what you pay for. You, get, you, you can buy those cheap rotors, and the first time that you are driving and you get in a rainstorm, and those rotors are nice and hot, and suddenly that cold water hits them, they warp. Well, let me, let me jump in there and say this. Chinese is not a synonym for cheap. Uh, there's some Chinese products that are outstanding. Yeah, absolutely. As a matter of fact, uh, your iPhone was probably made in China. So, Shenzhen. Uh, yeah. Yep. So re remember, uh, th it's become, there was a time a long time ago when Chinese products were pretty crappy, but they're, just, they're like the Japanese. They've learned a lot. We are surrounded and, by Chinese products right now. 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. Everything. Yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, uh, aftermarket is a better term than Chinese product, and an aftermarket pocket also can be good. My big gripe about aftermarket products, meaning they're not made by the manufacturer of the vehicle that, it, that the, the part is on, is the fact that they don't have, they've not been safety tested, and this is particularly uh, worrisome about crash parts, your fenders your, and your hoods and things like that. But it's all about quality. If you have a high quality uh, product, and uh, we use, uh, we use tires uh, that are not made in the United States because uh, we find tires sometimes from um, Japan or China or, or some other country that are superior. I, mm -hmm. You look at the Consumer Reports, uh, I promise you their recommended tire list, their recommended product list includes a lot of overseas ma manufactured parts. America is using overseas manufacture because they do a pretty good job of it in certain countries better than we can. And one note on aftermarket parts, Quite often, you can find aftermarket parts by the exact same company that makes the parts for the factory. Yeah, <laughs> and they're cheaper. Yeah, you're buying a you're buying a Chinese part that's actually an OEM part sometimes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but you should you shouldn't buy crashable parts like uh, no, front not crash parts. Okay. Exactly. Okay. All right. Thank you very much for the information. Thank you. Our great you're a great caller. We appreciate that very much. Have okay. a great weekend, Howard. Yeah, let me, let hey. me get, can I, Nancy, can I give this uh, anonymous, you give the anonymous feedback. I just looked at my phone, and I don't see very many anonymous feedback, so normally we get a whole bunch of them. We better mention that again. Remember, folks, uh, www.youranonymousfeedback.com. You can go there and, well, express yourself, as I say, and uh, it, it, it certainly is a, a, a great avenue for you if you're mm, a little bashful. Uh, so at any rate, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And um, I can't go without mentioning uh, Earl's new idea, and uh, that is to you know acquire some volunteers uh, for the ones that are not real tech savvy. And uh, as we all know, uh, you can get the lowest price online when you purchase a, a vehicle. And uh, there's a whole lot of us that, uh, you know, can't maneuver our way around uh, the uh, internet. Uh, so he came up with the uh, idea of, um, you know, getting some, well, some of us to volunteer uh, to assist some seniors that are buying cars and uh, a literal comment on that. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's unfortunate that a lot of people are being left in the lurch when technology is moving so fast, faster than a lot of people can keep up with. I find it hard to keep up with and uh, uh, we know that a lot of seniors do too. So uh, whether you're a senior or not a senior, whatever your situation is, if you're not comfortable with a smartphone computer, you're not in the digital age yet, uh, and you want to buy anything, uh, if, you, uh, if you're not using Amazon or buying your cars online, you're paying too much money. So you need to understand it. If you don't, we'll do it for you. If you we're, we're, we want to form a, a national group of volunteers that will, uh, that will uh, be available in different parts of the country to uh, assist you in buying the car. You pick the car, you do all your research, you do your homework, and you come up with a specific vehicle you want to buy and then you submit this name to one of our volunteers and they will go online in your area and give you the best deal online. That's a, uh, you save thousands of dollars that way. It's, to walk into a car dealership, 
uh, you're, you're liable to pay a $5,000 profit when you could buy it online and pay the dealer a $700 profit. It's a huge difference. So we're looking for online volunteers, and that's on the Earl and Cars, isn't it, Stu? That's I mean, correct. Yeah, okay. There's a little form. Um, the email goes directly to you and me, and uh, we'll get you set up. Uh, the page, we're going to build a separate page in addition to the vigilantes just for this. And that should be live by Monday or Tuesday. Fantastic. Great. That's good news. Uh, we're going to go back to the phones uh, where we have a young lady uh, who's calling for the first time. Uh, her name is Janet, and she's from Boynton, and she wins $50 this morning. Good morning, Janet. Good morning. Thank you. Welcome. I have a question for Earl Stewart. Thank All you. right. You can go ahead and ask him. Okay. I would like to know why they tell you that you have to have a lube oil and filter every 300 or 3,000 miles versus every three months, I guess it is, whenever you really don't drive that much. Can you go longer? Uh, they, do, they don't do that. When you say they, do you mean the dealer that sold you the car or the manufacturer? The manufacturers now are recommending oil changes only once a year or 10,000 miles. That's because most cars have synthetic oil. There's still a few cars out there, very few, that have the older fossil oil, and then you should change that every six months or 5,000 miles. But uh, there's no uh, routine that makes any sense anywhere that you should suggest that you change your your oil every uh, 3,000 miles or, uh, what you say, three months or 2,000 miles? It's, it's a, yes. Yeah, no, once a year uh, or 10,000 miles. Oh, great. Okay. Thank you so much. What, what kind of a car Jim. do you have, if you don't mind my asking? Toyota RAV4. What, what year? Um, 18. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, you're, uh, yeah, that's got synthetic oil and every every 12 months. Or, and remember this, a lot of people don't do much driving, and they could put 1,000 or 2,000 miles, especially during the pandemic, uh, on their car in a year, which is, uh, you know, not, not much mileage. You still need, the one thing you, you really need to do, or really two things, but change your oil at least once a year, and also check your tires at least, uh, it should be every 30 days, but if you did it every 90 days, it's okay. Tires are a safety issue, and uh, oil is a very important to the uh, running of your car properly, and also can cost you a ton of money if uh, you run too low on oil. One more question for you. Sure. Um, what happens if they change your oil and they put in the old kind of oil? They should tell you, and uh, the only reason that you would want that is because it's less expensive, but it also requires you know, more frequent changing. So when you add up the frequency of change with the increased cost of the uh, synthetic oil, it's almost break even. So I would always go with the synthetic oil and I would uh, take advantage of the one year. But if you, uh, you want to save money in the short run, uh, you can do that, and then you have to go in every six months. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Janet. Uh, Janet, Nancy yes. Stewart here. Thank you for Hi. calling, being part of the show, helping me build this platform that's so very important, and uh, congratulations on your $50. I have one question for you before you go. Has the uh, pandemic changed uh, your routine of having your car uh, maintained, taking it into the dealership? As, uh, has well, that schedule been always, interrupted? I, no, I always take it in in September and they do everything that they have to do and that's it. Great. Okay, thanks for uh, giving us a call and I hope to hear from you again. 
and uh, spread the word. Earl, I shall. Okay. Earl Stewart on cars okay. Saturday morning. Okay. And how do I get my pictures? Thanks, Janet. Just stay on the line, and they'll get your uh, information, and Nancy will have a check out to you very quickly. Thanks, oh, Rick. thank you so much. Thank you, Rick. Uh, 877-960-9960, or you can text us, 772-497-6530. And Earl's Vigilantes, don't forget, uh, consider signing up and helping us out. That's Earl's Vigilantes. And you can go to Earl on Cars and get all the information that you uh, really need. Uh, now back to the recovering car dealer. Well, I think it's time we get some text. Uh, what do we got over there, Stu? Yeah, we'll kick it off with the uh, uh, Anne Marie's text, uh. as is the tra tradition at Earl on Cars. Uh, Anne Marie says, Good morning. A friend had her wallet stolen. Um, that prompted me to wonder what if the thief had also stolen her purse and car key fob? So here's a bunch of questions concerning keys and fobs. And there is a bunch of questions, so pay attention, Rick. Um, well, let's answer them as we read them. So number one, do, we, do you know of any new cars that come with keys instead of fobs? And that's yes. I mean, they're becoming rarer and rarer, but even in Toyota, most of the starting uh, models, like say Corolla, for example, the Corolla L and LE will have an actual traditional key that you stick into an ignition and turn it. And then the higher models, the SE and the XSC and all that will have the push button start. And we see that in some trucks as well. Um, but we're just slowly seeing a migration away from the traditional key and going to the push-button smart key system. Can't speak for other manufacturers. Um, we do see trade-ins that come in with real keys as well. So, But the trend in the industry is to go away from the old traditional push-it-in-the-ignition-and-turn-it type of key. Um, how much do replacement key fobs cost at a dealer? Uh, what's the general range in cost? And the general range is a lot. Um, 350-ish, right, for programming and, and both sets of keys, I believe. There are aftermarket providers. It's still expensive. Even um, we have a, a vendor at the dealership that we use to make replacement keys, and still like 180 bucks sometimes to get a key. Um, don't know why, um, other than that they're little computers, but I think there is uh, uh, a little price gouging or something going on there on the part of the manufacturers. The parts is what costs so much money. And there's about a 40% markup, so when, uh, when you get a, a quote from a dealer on a remote key, keyless remote, uh, there's a lot of room for him to discount it. So you push him for a discount on that key, uh, and also when you're when you're shopping, was it Ace Hardware and a lot of yeah. other places do <coughs> right. the keys. Almost everybody do. is in the business. So yeah. you, you rather than pay the for the OEM key, we were talking earlier in the show, first caller about uh, aftermarket parts, Chinese parts, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, this is a case where you don't want to buy an OEM part. If you got a if you got a remote key that works, a quality one from a, a aftermarket source, it's going to be less money than the manufacturer will charge you. Yep. And the second part of her question, she says, uh, she presumes a, a replacement key fob for a luxury brand uh, would be more than a regular, and she's absolutely right. You should see some of the keys. Uh, Earl should show your show them your key for your Lexus. That thing probably weighs about a half a pound, and it's yeah. it's made out of it's got metal in it. This thing's solid, yeah. so. I don't even want to guess how much that would be to replace, hmm. you know? Yeah. Remember, uh, one of our YouTube viewers uh, said he was trying to deal with a, a dealership to get a, a second key for a Porsche that he had bought. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the Porsche key was over $800 oh, for one God. key fob. Yeah. Right, now you're in iPhone price territory. Uh, yep. <laughs> Almost. Um, excuse me for yeah. a moment, but has the price of the remotes gone up through the years? 
Yes. Yeah, I think so. As they, yes. yeah. Because uh, there was a time whenever I would, uh, it was very easy for me to get a remote for a customer, and uh, the price was um, well, it was it, it wasn't cheap. It was uh, near two three hundred dollars. Uh, but now I, I I agree with you. I think that, uh, I, and why? Why 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 has the price escalated as it has? I don't know. Inflation. <laughs> That's well, what they'll say. Well, it sounds well, good. Yeah, they they become more complex. Yeah, they six, do more things. A uh, $600 remote key in a Lexus costs more money than an iPhone. You can I buy th an I iPhone for less than that. I think home. it's supply and demand. So you know, it, it, yeah, it's just taking advantage. Yeah. Why do they do it? Because they can. Yeah, if they get take away with it. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Okay, we're going to go. Um, are, are you? Do you have any other? Well, if you have a caller, let's go to the caller because Anne Marie's let's text go to Rich, is about uh, who, 12 uh, was, uh, We lost Rich. Rich, give us a call back at 877-960-9960. We'd love to hear from you. Back to Stu. All right. Uh, continue with Anne-Marie's questions. Are there any alternatives to replacing a fob rather than going to the dealer? And we've already answered that. Yes, you can. Ace Hardware, I don't know if Home Depot can do it, but Google it. Uh, key replacement, and you're going to find an alternative that's less, ex less money than the dealer is going to charge you. Uh, she wants to know how fast a key fob can be replaced if it's lost or stolen. Generally, that's something that a uh, part that a dealership will keep on hand. I don't know about the um, other providers of these things, um, but at the dealership, if you came in with lost key, it can be done um, that day, and uh, uh, depending, I guess, on how busy the, the service department yeah, is. Yeah, we're talking about buying online or earlier yeah. in the show, too. Well, we always go back to it. It has to be programmed, though, so somebody's you know, got a program. Yeah, exactly, and, and yeah. Then, you, then, you, then you get screwed on the programming, too. So mm -hmm. uh, I don't know what you can do about that other than, uh, well, let me ask Rick the question. Uh, in actual time, you program keys, right? All okay. the time. How much of your, not your flat rate time, your actual time uh, do you spend um, from the time they give you the car to the time you can program the key and then you return the car to whomever? It can take up to about an hour and a half sometimes. Okay. Well, that's, 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 um, more, that's more than I thought. So an hour and a half is... Uh, is a, is a lot of time. I'm, I'm really surprised it takes a lot of money. Well, the, yeah. the, the procedures now, because programming the, the new key fobs to the cars now has become much more difficult. Toyota has tried to make it where thieves aren't able to uh, use devices that yeah. will copy the signals. Yeah. So what they've been doing is they're, they're getting more secure radio signals and, they and it makes through. the fob and the car talk back and forth uh -huh. to each other more to get confirmation. So in order for us to program a new key fob, we actually have to go online to Toyota's secure website, Interesting. put in special code numbers, and get authorizations from it in order to let us program that new fob. So the hard actual time from the time you're ready to go, you got your computer, you got the car, you got the key, and you're ready to go, it's gonna take you, what, a half an hour? About that, yeah. yeah, yeah. But you got a lot of other time because you got to get the car, you got to get the yep. information, you got to fill out the form and the rest of it. Yeah. Okay. okay I'm going to interrupt everyone. We're going to. Rich was kind enough to give us a call back. Good morning, Rich. Welcome. Hello, Rich. We got you still. Oh Steve, boy. Are you talking to me? There you are. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We made your way. This is Colonel Blanchard. Good oh, good morning. Hi, ah. Mark. Somehow, I, when I called in, nobody uh, answered the phone. It just went like live to, to your uh, show. It's kind of huh. weird. I got a uh, excuse me a uh, question for Rick. 
2017 Camry XLE. Um, I'm kind of worried about the windows, as I know the window regulators. Aren't they still one piece with a ribbon drive? No. Uh, the regulators on the new Camrys now are a kind of a uh, X-shaped scissor metal bracket device. Uh, the, the electric motor runs the regulator and it, it almost literally looks like a pair of two pairs of scissors huh. doing an X pattern yeah. to raise and lower the window. And believe That's it or not... They used to be on uh, most all cars, as, as uh, my memory goes back, but then they went to... Some cars went to a ribbon drive where sometimes uh, the ribbon would get cut and break yep. and get uh, pulled into the motor and then you had to replace the motor and the regulator. My question is, is uh, knowing the expense uh, to replace window parts, um, as my window, passenger window, because, you know, I can't drive anymore because I don't have a right foot, but um, as the window's going down, about halfway down, there's like a bump and then it, it totally gets uh, pulled into the uh, door. But am I looking at a potential uh, short-term window problem or is, can that be solved possibly through lubrication? Uh, what is your best guess without looking at it? Uh, lubrication generally is not gonna do much because we, we try not to have anybody uh, spray anything inside the doors because we found that silicon lubricants can destroy the door lock actuators. So we're very careful about not spraying things inside them. Um, it's possible that there's maybe some foreign material got in the track of the little rollers for the regulator, uh -huh. or that one of those rollers has gotten a flat spot or jammed up a little bit. It's something that would right. need to be you know, taken apart. We'd have to pull the door panel off and inspect it. Um, or maybe even a bolt loosened up a little bit. And as it's going up and down, it's kind of jolting that Shifting bolt around. Side to side. Um, what is the best guesstimate? Because uh, uh, it's all one one piece now, right? Regulators all one thing, right. motor and uh, actuate or a scissor mechanism. Well, what the motor can be replaced separately from the, from the regulator. Okay. But upon inspection, if you notice like the uh, roller has got a flat spot, let's say, can that be simply replaced, or does that, again, have to be part of the uh, scissor assembly? Yeah, it would have to be the whole regulator. They're only available as, as an assembly. And about how much, do you think? Uh, honestly, I couldn't even give you a guess because it has been years since I've had to replace a regulator. They, they very seldom go bad anymore. Same with the motors. They're, they're, they've become bulletproof. Oh, there's a pretty good possibility it could be uh, take the trim panel off and possibly find that, that foreign material or lubricant or tighten something up and um, so then we'd just be looking at the hourly charge. Yeah, there's a good possibility of that. Gives me, that just gives me a little bit and makes me sleep a little bit easier. Um, also, um, I just had one question about the uh, vigilante program. How do you guys think that's going so far. I've only had one interaction. Um, do, you, do you guys see a lot of uh, response from the consumers? Uh, no, we haven't, Mark. We, hear, we, we, we haven't yet because we just got it off the ground. So we need to get uh, a pretty uh, decent base of uh, vigilantes out there, we publicize it more. We're just, uh, we're just getting it off the ground on our website. Right, okay. 
All right. You guys have a wonderful weekend. You too, Mark. Thank you. See you at sunrise. Thank you. Give us a call again. You know, uh, in regards to the comment that uh, was just made about Earl's vigilantes, I I think the uh, shortage of volunteers is based on uh, there's a lot of consumers that feel that, you know, they have to take an engine apart. Uh, uh, and you don't. Uh, you just need to just get out there and talk to people in your community, see how they feel about the dishonesty uh, that sometimes goes on at the uh, car dealer. Uh, and uh, you can sign up, help us, help you, help the people in your community. And uh, please, earlsvigilantes.com. And you can get yourself a free hat. You see mine? It's a little big on my head, but there it is. Kind of cute. And we're going to have shirts and all kind of other things. So take advantage of that, and we are going to go back to the phones, and we're going to talk to Frank, who's giving us a call from West Palm Beach. Good morning, Frank. Good morning. How is everybody today? Excellent. Great. Uh, I'm the guy that... Uh, your blood pressure to go up a couple of years ago with my RAV4 uh, with your salesman. But anyway, uh, when that lady Janet had called earlier today, it, my ears perked up because that was my wife's name before she huh. unfortunately passed away. And my RAV4 tells me every 5,000 miles to check the oil. You you were saying 10,000. Are you talking about the maintenance required, uh, or are you referring specifically to the oil? Well, the maintenance required, it says every 5,000. That's correct. Yeah, you, you need you need to check your tires, and they're, you know, your car should be inspected just overall for safety. Uh, uh, this doesn't cost you anything, and, and the tires are the main reason you should come in, because uh, after 5,000 miles, you could have a road hazard you don't know about, a slow leak. And you don't want that to occur on I-95 at uh, 7 o'clock at night. So, uh, yeah, you need to bring it in. And then the oil still only has to be changed once a year. Oh, well, they've been changing every 5,000 miles. Well, uh, if you have fossil oil, in other words, that's every 6,000 miles. 5,000 is fine. 7,000 is fine. When they say 6, that's an approximation. But... Uh, there's no reason to change synthetic oil every 5,000 miles. If you if you uh, only put 5,000 miles on your car uh, in a year, then it's being changed at 5,000 miles. But it's whichever is greater. If you have one year or 6,000 miles, that's I mean 10,000 miles. That's when you should uh, change your oil. Stu, you were saying? Oh, I'm saying on fossil oil, it's 5,000 every 5,000, not six. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Frank. Yeah, well. Yeah, I, I'm a little confused, but okay, because, uh, you know, the first two years are free. Well, if, uh, if we're telling you at, at my dealership that you have to change your synthetic oil every 5,000 miles, uh, then we owe you a lot of money. So you just uh, you uh, send me send me the bill, because we don't change oil every, unless you unless you have uh, kept it. the car for a year. Or we request it. We have some customers that request it. Yeah. Like. Rick's where he changes his oil every yeah. 1,000 miles. Yeah, we have some uh, we have some gearheads <laughs> out kidding. there, people that think uh, they have to uh, use the most expensive oil. And I know people that change their oil every two or three thousand miles. I mean, it's it's, uh, 
it's useless, but it makes them feel good. And uh, and we don't we don't tell them no. We just say you're wasting your money. The first two years were free because you know Toyota. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's right, well, yeah. Anyway, okay. All right, Frank. Have a good day. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for the call, Frank. Back to Stu. All right, we can continue with Amory's first text. It's a doozy. Amory, give me a break next week. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right, uh, if I'm on vacation and my fob gets lost or stolen, by the way, just as a reminder, Amory was asking about lost key fobs and um, whether any cars still have regular keys or if they're just all push-button start. And she wants to know if she's on vacation, the fob gets lost or stolen, can another dealer create a new one for me? Yes, you need to have identification and uh, proof of ownership and go into the uh, dealership, but you can do that. Um, if I accidentally lock my keys in the car, how does AAA open up the car? Yes, I have a key. It's been a long time since I did that. Do they uh, locksmith sort of thing, or do they do it? Slim Jim, what are they doing, Rick, you know? Well, Slim Jims don't work very well anymore because yeah. of the, they've changed the designs of the doors. Yeah. So I go with the old trusted and true for me, which is I have a plastic wedge device yeah. and a little vinyl pillow with an air pump. Yeah, we're talking about AAA. And, and they will do about the same thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. We basically, good. Uh, we make good use of our misspent youth, <laughs> and we break into the car very carefully. And by, <laughs> by the way, let me give a little plug to a AAA, by the way. Uh, AAA is so good that Nancy and I signed up for AAA. Yeah. And uh, I was thinking one day, you know, I'm a car dealer, and all I got to do is call the dealership, and they're going to come and help me. But I said, well, what happens if it's uh, if I'm on the Sawgra Sawgrass Expressway, and uh, and I'm on the side of the road, and uh, and uh, you know, I, I, that's a, a good hour drive away from my car dealership, uh, and I want to have something right away. AAA will track me on my GPS, and I have an app, a AAA app. They track me, and I, I open the app, I hit my button, there, it signals the emergency response closest to my car on the Sawgrass Expressway, and I have a car out there getting me going again in a few minutes. So it takes, a lot of, takes a lot of stress out. A lot of stress. <laughs> and you're talking, you're talking about uh, 100 bucks a year, 50 bucks a year, it's really cheap for two. So AAA, American Automobile Association, uh, road service, emergency response, don't let the dealer sell you that. Buy the AAA version. Great right. investment. Back in the day, the old coat hanger. Okay, folks. <laughs> uh, we're going to go back to the phones, and we're going to talk to Road Runner Steve. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back. Beep, beep. beep. <laughs> well, I carry two Slim Jims in the trunk of my car. I opened up many cars down here in Publix and Walmart's parking lot. Yeah, you never know when you get an opportunity to steal a car. So. <laughs> I just make sure I ask my UD owner. <laughs> the, uh, I was up at uh, Nissan in Lake Worth having my Frontier service for an oil change. Good luck with that. Uh, yes, I know. I, my appointment was for 9 o'clock. I got out at 11 o'clock. Oh, boy. So I'm looking at a Nissan Altima. I'm just checking out the cars, killing time. So this young lady comes over, and she goes, oh, you're interested in this car? I said, no, I'm getting service on my, my vehicle. So she asked me a few questions. So I asked her a few questions. I said, what's this price, $275 for mud flaps? Hmm. I got no answer. <laughs> right? She, 
And then they had a $250 thing for this piece that looked like aluminum foil on the bumper. I said, what's this for? Oh, that's the bumper guard. <laughs> Meanwhile, it's laying on top of the bumper. Uh-huh. So right away she caught on. I knew a little what was going on. So she goes, <laughs> okay, have a nice day. My other thing was, I seen this commercial. I'm not sure what dealership it was. LNZ Lexus. Is that a dealership down here? Uh, JM Lexus. JM Lexus and Margate. They're okay. near. Yeah. Well, it might have been them. They had a commercial on TV. Pay no dealer fees. Yes. All you pay is a $1,395 electronic filing fee. No, that was the, the jam. Only fee you pay. Yeah, maybe it was Lexus of Pembroke Pines. Maybe it was Craig Zinn's uh, Lexus dealership. That could be. Yeah. I, I haven't seen that. Uh, that's uh, that's very, very interesting, Frank. <laughs> I have to keep my eyes on it. It's JM, not a dealer fee. JM, uh, JM uh, Lexus does not charge a big dealer fee. They have a very small one. We mystery shopped them a few weeks ago. I even called the general manager down there and said, look, uh, you know, we recommended your dealership. You do everything right. It's a very pleasant, honest experience. But you advertise you don't charge a dealer fee, and you do. And he said, yeah, I don't know why we do that. <laughs> so he, he's looking into it. And it's only 60 bucks, and they call it an electronic filing fee. But by law, that should be called a dealer fee. He doesn't pay 60 yeah. bucks for that. This one wanted $1,395 for electronic electronic filing fee. Wow, that sounds like uh, Al Hendrickson <laughs> Toyota. <laughs> it was just the first time I seen the commercial on TV. No. So it must be new. Yeah, catch the name of that dealer next time, Frank, and give me a call. I'd love to find out who's doing that. Yes, that's why I just seen it once on TV. Yeah. That's why I wasn't sure of the name. I'll be looking for it. Do you remember what channel, what uh, network it was, show it was on? Oh, it might have been on MeTV or something like that. Okay. All right. Thanks very much. We'll be looking for it. All right. Let's have some more good talk today. Oh, thank you, Steve. <laughs> Thanks for being a follower of ours. Have a great weekend. I love Frank's energy. I really do. I mean, I, tell you, I feel happier after Steve. Frank calls. Yeah. Steve. Yeah. Steve is uh, he's, he's a great caller. We don't hear from him often enough. Uh, folks, uh, I have a, a question for you. You know, things have sort of uh, say slowed down a little bit with uh, auto development. Uh, but uh, Consumer Report has been, well, paying attention to these uh, new electric cars that are, well, coming soon. How do you feel about it? Are you ready to make a purchase in that direction? Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960. Or give us a text, 772-497-6530. Now back to Stu. Okay, let's get to another text. I'm going to jump over to some other ones because Emery, I'll get to the second two-thirds of Emery's text uh, next Saturday. We have other texters here. Um, so one says, uh, is it okay to use common household cleaning products like 409 on the interior surfaces of my car? Hmm. And I think we had questions like this before. Um, I'm going to defer to Rick in a second, but what I'm going to su- suggest is I think it's okay on hard plastic surfaces, but I think some of these things with the detergent can dry out some things like you know the vinyl and, and, and leather and things like that. Um, there's lots of products that you can get at Pet Boys and things like that that are designed uh, to clean the interior of your car. 
So I would I would say my guess is I would I would say shy away from just like the harsher chemical. Yeah, when you things. say the interior car, there's a whole Sorts, lot of yeah. different material. There's glass. You got, there's you got plastic, a steering wheel. Yeah. You got the seats. You got the dashboard. You got the floor. You got the overhead uh, thing. So, you know, it's uh, uh, you know Rick uh, Rick could do two hours on that because each each component right. of the interior of a car. Yeah, I was saying obviously cloth is something would be um, obviously you wouldn't. I'd say, I'd say classic wouldn't be terrible. I'd say uh, warm, mild soap and, uh, and water. Yeah. yeah, you don't want to use <laughs> anything harsh right. in yeah. the interior of your car. Spray that 409 on your skin. <laughs> See what that. it does. Don't that'll do that. give you That'll give you an idea, but uh, stay away from those harsh chemicals <laughs> for the interior of your car. Uh, we're going to go back to the phones and talk to John in Palm City. Good morning, John. Good morning to everyone. According to the website, it's called IC Car, and it talks about the colors of automobiles. Uh -huh. They claim that 39% of the buyers say that a color is more important than the brand of car. Hmm. An example that they give. This, this, I'm not going to say exactly. I hope Rick doesn't have this color. Um, a pickup truck, okay? The worst color that you can get on a SUV is beige. It loses 46% of its value in three years. But huh. if beige is on a pickup truck, it only loses 18% of the value in three years. They've mentioned the top colors on this website. Well, naturally, white, black, gray, silver. The worst colors, purple, brown, and gold. Yeah. They give an exact, and also metallic paint is better than the regular non-metal for resale. And they give an exact example. The example is a 2017 Mazda MX-5. That's a two-seater. They talk about it after three years. After three years, it, 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 it um, decreased in value, but if it was, and if it was red, it's, it's more desirable. But if it was a gray metallic, it would be 1,046 less money if it was that color. Yeah. So it's very interesting on colors and what they can do for resale, especially after three years. And the funny thing, about one that they do mention, yellow. Less than 1% of automobiles in America are yellow, but yet it's desirable and it's, uh, it, it has a good resale. Probably, if you notice, like, taxi cabs, that's why they're yellow, because you can spot them and they're safer. So I don't know if that's the basic reasons behind it. But you do see very few yellow cars. But it's an interesting website. It's called IC Car. Well, that's great information. That's very true. When we appraise a car, we are a car dealer, as you know. And our appraisers, uh, the first thing they see is the color, and they immediately form uh, an opinion. And if it's a popular color, we don't care. No one thing blue. You, one thing you don't want to do is buy your favorite color, unless your favorite color happens to be white or something. It is always a good color. Yeah. You can't go wrong with white. Uh, if you buy a white car, you can't go wrong. You can lease whatever color you want, though. Yeah, you there can. You and and then it's up to, yeah. which, is, which is amazing. If I was a leasing company, I would have a different price for different colors. Yeah, but <laughs> absolutely. If a higher residual one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a huge difference. If you, give, if you buy a bright red, uh, give me a car, Camry, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that car's going to be worth $1,000 less than a white one. Uh, when you're ready to sell it. And it's the same thing to the leasing company, and they take the hit. So 
So, so, but they still let you get away with it. So that's the answer to the question. Yeah. If you got to have your favorite color, lease the car, don't buy it. Yeah, I, I, I think getting personal uh, when you choose a color for your vehicle, uh, I, I really think it's a real bad idea. You know, uh, on our way into the studio this morning, beautiful Jeep, the color, purple. What will the resale value be on that Jeep? There are 700 people in the entire country that would buy that Jeep. There's who? There's only 700 people in the entire country that would buy that Jeep. So the depreciation is something to take into consideration once you drive off that lot. So don't make it personal. Uh, the, the colors that you mentioned, John, best way to go. Purple is mentioned in that website. One other point that I want to mention too, I've always been a kid in a candy store, and I still love to go to dealers, especially looking at models. But this week, Wednesday, I was in Palm Beach Gardens and went to the Tesla dealer. Now sit down for this one. The oh, showroom boy. on the second floor of the was mall. entirely empty with not one model to show you. What? So I said to the sales lady, she said, well, we sold everything. Tell them the story. Where's the cars? Tell oh, them the story, Dad. At least two weeks. They're going to come in in two weeks. So I don't know whether they're whether to pull out in that location or there's just a shortage of cars. But I, in my opinion, it's a disgrace that you're going just to look like I do and the different models that they have, and it's completely empty. Well, John, it's, it's, really it's, it's illegal in Florida for... It's illegal in Florida for a Tesla dealer to sell a car from a dealership. Uh, you can buy a car, a Tesla in Florida, from a dealer, but you have to buy it online. Now, they do have cars in inventory, usually, for demonstration purposes and display purposes. Now, other states, it's not true, but most states, you cannot sell any car uh, if the manufacturer is dealing directly. So Tesla sells you the car directly, and therefore, you cannot buy it because of the dealer franchise laws. Only car dealers can sell you a new car from their location. Uh, it, uh, the manufacturer, in this case Tesla, will sell you one online, but you have to order it and wait for them to deliver it. Oh, hey, John. I've gone there in the past, and they've always had a model or two. Yeah, they show the yeah. It, it, show you what they look like. Yeah, yeah it hasn't uh, been really encouraging the few times that Earl and I have stopped in. Uh, there hasn't been anyone around at that location, uh, but I have a question for you. Have you, uh, when you are up this way, uh, do you take advantage of uh, maybe going over to Tesla in Riviera Beach? No. Have you, have no, you been just, to that my location? Wife likes that shopping center. Uh, so I go there, and she's like a kid in the candy store too. And some of the places she goes next door to uh, Tiffany and Company just to look around. Oh. It's directly I, next door to them. So I like her I, taste. I just, I like cars, but that's the only place that you can look at any automobile. And I was very disappointed just to see an empty showroom. And they're saying that it's, it'll be two weeks before they'll get any model in on the floor that you can just. Well, look Tesla at. sales are extremely hot. They're they're on fire. Tesla stock is on fire. Uh, electric cars uh, like Teslas are on fire. So it's a high demand, low supply. And I believe her. I believe there were no cars because. Uh, Eventually, they you know they they eventually they sell everything, but you still have to buy it online. My guess is, if you buy a car on the showroom floor uh, at a Tesla dealership uh, that's in stock, 
you have to still go through the online process. I don't know how they get around the law on the delivery. They probably uh, they probably do something that's technically illegal and people don't know about it. But you know, how do they get rid of the car that they have for display? I guarantee you they don't scrap it. No, absolutely. Well, it was an interesting thing to see an empty Tesla place, yeah. empty showroom. Rick had a report, uh, a comment. They get rid of them by putting them on a rocket and shooting them up into space. Uh, Did you see uh, that? It's orbiting the sun. Yeah. <laughs> Only the roadsters. That was one of them. <laughs> Excellent. Good point. <laughs> All right. Thanks, All right, John. Thanks very much. Shopping report. Uh, right. Thanks, John. We love hearing from you. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. I'm having a problem with this hat, right, Jonathan? <laughs> You're going over here. You got to put the headphones over the hat. <laughs> Bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're dealing with a head that's real tiny. <laughs> anyway, um, ladies, give us a call. Share your car purchasing, uh, your servicing experience, all of it, and win yourself $50. I have, I'm waiting for a second female caller. I think we're getting way behind on text. So mm -hmm. give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960, and we are going to share some text with you this morning via Stu. Okay. Uh, I got anonymous feedback. Um, says, is it possible to fully remove the third row in a new Highlander to save on weight because we will never use those seats? Do you foresee any problems when they are removed? I know that the third row seats in a Highlander are, are fold flat, so they're automatically go under the seats. Unless Rick knows a secret way to take them out, I don't think it's designed to be done that way by the owner of the car, but you can weigh in on that. I'm sure they're removable, but not you know, for repair, I'm sure, right? No, they, yeah. they would have to be unbolted, yeah. literally, from the vehicle. Right. Well, was, can yeah. you do that? Yeah, it can be done. Okay, there's nothing, it's not prohibited. It's, it's, not. it's a pretty... It's, it's <laughs> It's like a big mechanical yeah. thing. You you push a button, they go down. It's yeah. it'd be a major operation to yeah. do that, and then yeah, he wants it for better gas mileage and well, for uh, and then what would you what would be left? It wouldn't be a cargo, cargo area, just being exposed a bunch of you know machinery. Uh, there, yeah. Well, you you would have certain areas where there would be openings in the carpet. Um, you'd have bolt holes. Yeah, this is exposed. not a good idea. Let's put it this way: yeah. yes, it can be done. Be sure you get an upfront, bottom line, guaranteed price before you do it. Because it's going to be Which expensive. You, okay. <laughs> it's, I don't. I'm, I'm just. I'm going against that. Don't take apart your Highlander. You're going to have problems. No, don't, don't, don't recommend do that. it. Yeah, don't do that. Never say no. Get a get oh. a Rav4. It has better gas mileage. Yeah. <laughs> Folks, you're hearing it all right here. Great information. Uh, we're going to go to Coral Springs, and uh, we're going to talk to Stu. Good morning. Welcome. Good morning. Good morning. I love your show. Wait a minute, Stu. sitting right across from me. Well, he loves the show because there's another stew. We don't we don't get to run into each other that often. I've only met three other stews in my entire life. Good yeah. to meet you, sir. Earl runs well, into stew every every Saturday morning with my name. Only six. <laughs> only six. I'm one of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my question is on transmission service. If it's a self-contained unit, um, why would you need to service it? I understand that the uh, viscosity of the oil breaks down, but why do they? Why is it recommended to change the, the transmission oil at, say, fifty thousand, on some cars? Well, it depends on who's recommending it, uh, Stu. Because uh, 
the transmission doesn't have doesn't have to be flushed or changed uh, in cars, and sometimes the dealers recommend it anyway, and that's so they can make money. If you have a specific car manufactured in mind, are you saying there's a manufacturer of a vehicle that recommends that you change the transmission oil in 50,000 miles? Yeah, well, actually, it's on, on a Dodge Journey, a 2014 Dodge Journey with 105,000 miles. I see. What do you think, uh, Rick? Is that uh, 2005? That's a 15 year old car. Maybe that's accurate. Uh, no, no, 2014. 2014. Oh, 14. Yeah, so it's, it's seven years old, basically. Um, I don't I don't go by age on it. I go by the miles and by the use, and also check the owner's manual, your books, to see what the factory says about that fluid. If it's just been a normal, everyday driver, and you're not doing anything serious, heavy towing or anything like that with it, I wouldn't worry as long as the fluid by the manufacturer says that it's a lifetime fluid, which most of them have been for like the last 10 years, I wouldn't do anything with it. I would not flush it. I would not change it. You're going to get a lot of pressure to do it anyway because car dealers are starving for maintenance work. And there's when you get recommended maintenance, there's two kinds. Manufacturers, which you should listen to carefully and, and adhere to, and the dealers, which you should ignore. Yep. Go with the manufacturer's recommended maintenance and it applies to transmission fluid and everything else. Right. Okay. So I understand that one. So I got another question. On the, I, I used to be in automotive, and I, I, I managed Goodyear and Tire Kingdoms during the last 30 years. Oh. Um, when people come in and they say, well, why does my dealer charge me 370 bucks for a 30K service, and you do most of those visual inspections that are on a 30K on when you do my regular oil change tire rotation? You pull my wheels, you check my brakes. You're checking the CV boots, making sure there's no cracks, checking the filters. And even if I get a filter replaced at, uh, let's say, my tire chain shop, my, my oil chain shop, it's still going to be way lower than a 30K service price at a dealer. Well, 30000 is typically the most expensive thing you have to have done. It's far less than it used to be, and dealers typically overcharge. Uh, I'll, Rick, uh, what, ha what do you do on a 30,000-mile service? On the Toyotas right now, it's an oil change, tire rotation, an air filter, and a cabin filter. Okay, and, and what's the charge on that? Uh, I'm uh, going to guess... $120? Well, no, that's... Uh, <coughs> excuse me. That's about the price of the oil change tire rotation because of the synthetic oil. Huh. So I would say probably around 2 to 250 at the most. Yeah. So it depends on the car, and it depends on what's recommended in the owner's manual. But that's you don't really have an inspection, an inspection that costs you any money until about thirty thousand miles. Yeah. Right. Okay. Thank you for my for my answer. I appreciate it. You guys are awesome. Hey, still listen. I, I'd love to have you call in again because you work. You ran Tire Kingdom. Uh, I got in a lot of trouble with Tire Kingdom a few years ago because we did a mystery shop. And everybody got mad at me because we were, the mystery shopper wasn't treated right. In fact, the, the president of AutoNation called me, I mean, uh, Tire Kingdom called me, and I got a threatening letter about being sued. So uh, we, we shopped again. It still wasn't a good shop, but it was better than the other one, and we published the second shop. So I have a history with Tire Kingdom. I'd love to talk to you again if you could call in some week in the future. Absolutely. And, and Tire Kingdom, I've been out of the automotive industry for about 
12 years now. Uh-huh. I couldn't take it anymore. I couldn't take the aggravation. <laughs> but uh, uh, it, if you know somebody, it, word of mouth recommendation is the best thing. Um, I use, I live in Coral Springs. I use Tires Plus, and I know the manager there for 30 years. Gotcha. So they're, they're, they treat me like gold. They service my my work my work truck had 429,000 miles on it before I retired it wow. and they did all the work on it wow well thanks uh, that, I appreciate that very much I really hope you'll call again next week if you can absolutely I will and Thank S- you. Uh, Stu what a great relationship uh, to have with uh, you know Tars Plus it, it's the relieves you of all the stress whenever you know someone personally and you've been dealing with them thank you for the call uh, no problem seven, Eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty. Back to Stu. W- which Stu are we going back to? You Stu. Oh, me Stu. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's go over some more anonymous feedback. Why would you bring your car in for a thirty k service at a dealer for three hundred dollars or more? Well, it depends on uh, my car, and depends on uh, what the owner's manual recommended, and that you're being treated uh, fairly. You r- remember this. You don't have to bring your car to the dealer for the 30,000-mile service. You can bring your car anywhere to have it serviced and maintained. The only thing you have to be true, you don't get warranty to them free that it's somewhere else, but uh, shop around. Get a quality service. Uh, you just heard Stu. He was talking about Tires Plus. Right. You've got a lot of quality service departments out there. Call them up. Say, I've got a such-and-such such car year, make and model. This is what the 30,000-mile service recommends. What will you charge me? Right. The second part of his question, he, he, I didn't read that part. He says, well, usually an oil change and a tire rotation is 50 bucks. Why pay more? Yeah. Typically at 30,000 miles, there's a lot more items that are added in it, whether yeah. you're at a dealer or anywhere else. Just for example, for like a Tundra, because I had that up already. Oh. We were talking about the transmission fluid. But there is retorque propeller shaft bolt, uh, repl- the two air filters. So there's more items. So it's going to be more than a regular service. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, you don't have to do it at, at a dealership. Um, okay, the next one. I love compliments. I love Stu's suggestion last week about a personal reconnaissance drone that docks on your car to get intel on traffic conditions. It reminded me about the helicopter about to make a flight on Mars this weekend. That one docks on the Perseverance rover. So cool. I agree. That is very cool. Did you hear about that? Yeah. Well, you got cool. it. You got it on Google Maps, and you got it on Waze. Uh huh. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the drone, you get actually real-time uh, visual intel. No, I'm saying you heard about the uh, the well, helicopter. Google, Google's almost real-time. I mean, everybody, everybody that's got a uh, uh, a cell phone, cell phone is, is being tracked real-time. Yeah. Did you hear about the Mars helicopter? No. You didn't? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, sure, it's going to yeah. fly this weekend. Yeah, yeah. NASA stole my idea. Yeah. <laughs> oh, here's a good one. More anonymous feedback. Your dealership was giving vaccinations in your showroom last week. You're not concerned about the long-term effects of an unproven and, un- and rushed medication of millions of people. This is irresponsible and reckless. Never pegged you, pegged you for a sheep, Earl. Well, you know, it's extremely controversial. I don't need to tell you. You watch TV. Uh, you go on Facebook, especially the social media uh, there, there's a there's a sharp political divide between getting the vaccine and not getting it and and the, and the rest of it. And I don't want I'm not going to get political on this show. It's uh, I, I can we'll tell get, you my you get scientific. Uh, well, <laughs> I, I will tell you why we do it because uh, Stu says scientifically it's been proven that there's a far greater risk from not getting the vaccine than getting the vaccine. Now that's 
not my idea, that's the greatest scientist in the world. I know of no legitimate scientist uh, valid with a track record that recommends that you don't get a vaccine. A lot of people who say they don't want to get a vaccine and they've gotten the vaccine in secret and they're ashamed to get the vaccine but they know it's the right thing to do but their buddies that are politically on the other side uh, think it's a bad idea and uh, it's just uh, so yeah uh, we are we are uh, asking all of our employees at our dealership to get vaccines we are getting them for them online and we found a company now that will come into the dealership and give the vaccinations uh, Rick has been vaccinated, I've been vaccinated, Nancy's been vaccinated, Stu's been vaccinated, Jonathan's been vaccinated, and we're all getting vaccinated. And over 60% of our employees at the dealership are now vaccinated. Yeah, and we're still, and and we're still getting, because yeah. as they open up to other categories, Rick. And thank you very much for having done that, because my wife and daughter got vaccinated at the dealership yeah, this past week. We're vaccinating the families. <laughs> of our employees as well yeah. so, so uh, we're load off my mind so uh, we're not yeah, saying there's exactly. no risk to uh, having a vaccination we're saying it's minimal risk and i will i here's one statistic Stu shared with me and uh, i repeat this to myself every now and then when i get nervous that there's not one recorded death or hospitalization from anybody in the United States, that kind of cha- that kind of changed recently. Okay, recently. Okay, <laughs> in Michigan. Yeah, yeah out of uh, out yeah. of millions, we have. I don't know. Oh well, yeah, it was it was a fraction of a percentage yeah. point. Of, so yeah. so it's it's unquestionably scientifically the 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 recommended way to go. But that that kind of news um, it has such an impact on a decision of getting a vaccine and uh, like Stu, I mean, I don't know where you could see his hand, you know, back and forth shaking his hand, but uh, I have to say that, boy, oh boy, I'll tell you what, thank goodness for Earl Stewart. And uh, whether he likes it or not, we're gonna compliment him for going above and beyond as far as saving lives and uh, the number of people that have done a complete turnaround and gotten a vaccine, even though in the beginning they were just deathly afraid. Well, so I can, we're I, going I, in a right direction. I, I, can, I can argue that, uh, complimenting me, I'm doing it for my own life too, because if I go into the dealership and my customers have been tested or have been uh, vaccinated and my and my employees have been vaccinated and I've been vaccinated, I'm a hell of a lot safer than that weren't the case. So the thing about getting a vaccination, whether you want it or not, think about your family, think about your friends, Think about the people at Publix and uh, Costco and wherever the hell you shop. And uh, if, you're, if you've been vaccinated, you make the world a little bit safer. Yeah, not everybody has that mindset. Yeah. Uh, we are gonna go to Kentucky. Yeah, Kentucky. All Hi, right. Michael. Welcome. You're a first time caller. Love hearing from Kentucky. Maybe he hung up because he doesn't believe in vaccinations. He just, yep. He Are just you lost, there, Michael? lost 30% of the country right there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm here. I'm here. Oh, good. Oh, good morning. Okay. Welcome. Okay. I'm called for I'm in 2019 past time. I've been trying for a while. I got some concerns about this CVT transformation. I have a, a 06, which I bought new, and it went out on me big time. Now I got some concerns for about this next one. What are your concerns, Michael? Huh? What are your concerns about it? The CVT, because I've been reading a lot about it, and so I'm just, I wonder how will they hold up. Now when I 
an old vehicle around 80,000 miles. So, so if you think about how long they used to last, there are any improvements. They've been improving the quality on these on CVTs quite a bit. Uh, the, the biggest advantage, now, uh, for those that might not understand the term, it's a continuously variable transmission. Now, the, the biggest advantage here is if you think about the way the cars operate when you're driving, when you step on the gas, the engine revs up as you're speeding up, and then it'll shift to another gear, and then shift to another gear, and shift to another gear. A continuously variable transmission that is properly set up, the engine doesn't need to rev way up and then go way back down and way up and way back down. The computer can keep the engine at what's called the sweet spot, where it's producing the best amount of power with the lowest fuel or best fuel economy and the lowest emissions and actually keep that engine right at that range because the transmission instead of only having three four or five gears it actually has infinite. an almost infinite number of gears because it's constantly changing the the way the transmission moves and it, basically they work so much better that way because you're not wasting fuel and losing power it keeps their engine running at the perfect spot where it's producing maximum power and giving it the best of the world. So, does that answer your question, Michael? Yes, I think it does. I, I just have some concerns. Good thing. CVT is a good thing. Yeah, and don't worry about it. They're getting better. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you all a lot. Thank That's you, fine. Michael. Okay. Uh, another text. We have one from Mark. And then we got to jump it over. I'm guessing Rick's got some comments coming in on YouTube as well. Um, Mark says, I'm getting a low battery warning on my dash for my key fob. Can I change that with a standard battery myself, or must I come to the dealer for replacement? And does that require uh, programming? I asked Rick on the side. Um, you can take that anywhere. Pet Boys, Discount Auto Parts for about 10 bucks. And no, you do not have to have it reprogrammed if you're replacing the battery. I got that right? As a matter of fact, <laughs> even any uh, your local jewelry stores that change watch batteries, okay. it's the same yeah, it's type of a, battery. Yeah, it's just a watch what, battery. What, what if you got the battery? Is it hard to change it if you order the battery on Amazon? Probably no, not. They're very, they're very you simple. Like a little screwdriver and pop it open? Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, a coin yeah, or a small see, screwdriver? Yeah, yeah. You get same-day delivery on some products. I ordered, uh, what did I order the other day? Got it the same day. I ordered the morning. Oh, uh, dates. I ordered some dates. In the morning, because I ran out of dates. Were there any wasps in and, your dates? And that night, the dates came. Where'd you get those from? Uh, probably from Whole Amazon. Foods. Oh wow! Yeah, crazy. All right, Rick, you got some comments coming in, don't you? We've actually got a couple here. Uh, Donovan was tagging in on the Tesla information, and he says uh, the Tesla store on Okeechobee actually should have some cars there on site that you can look at. Uh -huh. And then, of course, when you order it, he says they can fulfill their orders usually within a day. Um, I don't know how sure that is right now, but wow. and they must have a warehouse real close. Could be, yeah. Uh, Dagan one had actually been asking me a, a few questions about his air conditioning on a 2010 Ford. I won't go into all the the parts that he's replaced on it, but he was actually asking about the evaporator cleaners, the uh, foaming cleaners that we use. Yeah. And a lot of places sell these. We do it at our dealership. If you like to run fresh air when you're driving with your car and you do get on a lot of dusty roads. You know, that's such a great feature that cars have that other air conditioners don't have. I, I thought maybe it'd be nice if I could do it in my house, or, but mm -hmm. normal air conditioners, the only one that you get fresh air and still cool it are cars. It's a great feature. Exactly. 
And what this product does is that it, we actually spray it through the drain hose that where the condensation drips out of the bottom of your car, and it foams up and fills that entire box with a soapy chemical that will break down any dirt particles or dust that's in there and then let it drain back out. It's really not a bad idea to do that once in a while because it helps to prevent clogging up on the evaporator core and things that can actually start to eat into the core and damage it a little bit, causing corrosion, which can cause that core to fail. And air conditioning repairs can be very expensive. It also well, puts a nice fragrance back into it and what is the owner's keeps manual? for you. What does the owner manual recommend on that? Uh, owner's manual actually doesn't recommend it. They they don't really take that one into account. You're not trying to sell me some dealer recommended service that I don't need, are you? <laughs> Mm, could be. Okay. But he he was asking about it, so I figured we'd let that be put out. Yeah, I don't, I don't um, You know, another thing, when you talk to a tech a tech guy, like, you know, uh, he mentioned earlier, gearheads, uh, you know, people are nuts about maintenance sometimes, and if they're really, really into it, they're talking about, these. they'll change their oil. Rick changes his oil every 20 minutes. I mean, I'm, I'm exaggerating. I'm switching to olive oil next week. <laughs> but he babies that car. He's got, he drove a Tacoma. I don't know. I think he had a million miles on it. I mean, he, he, the, the, these techs take such good care of their cars that you can eat off the floor. They never break. They are maintained to perfection. And they overdo it. And which, I guess, if you want to keep your car for 20 years and uh, 500,000 miles, that's, that's the way to do it. That's what Rick does. Uh, let's see, what else do we have here? Um, Derek was actually asking about transmission fluid, the lifetime transmission fluid, and whether he should do what's called a, a drain and refill. And actually, drain and refill is not really a, a good idea anymore because you're only changing a small amount of the fluid that's in there. And again, in my opinion, unless you're doing severe duty on whatever vehicle, a lot of towing or something like that, most of the new cars now have a lifetime fluid that never needs to be changed. Uh, let's see, what else do we have here? Oh, uh, Wayne commented in that Corvettes should be yellow. Yeah, I, yeah sports, uh, sports cars, yeah. you have flashier <laughs> colors. True. I'm going to go to that website that John from Palm City recommended. I, I'm really curious if they've done some really good research on that. iccar.com, I think he said. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, you're reds and your bright colors on these sports cars, but you don't want to get a family sedan and bright red. You're going to cost yourself a couple grand in resale value. And the last one I have here is, and I'm uh, I'm sorry, I'm not going to try to pronounce this whole name because it's, oh boy, it would tear my tongue apart. Uh, I'll just say Danny. Says, looking for a new Highlander XLE, what can you do for me? And I think, Earl, your advice on how to get pricing on Highlanders probably is the best answer on that one. Yeah, you go to, you go to a, you know, like my website, and again, this is not an infomercial. A man asked a question. We're the only dealer that I know of that gives an out-the-door price online. You can don't have to come in. I don't know if you are. You go to EarlStoreOnCars.com, and you go to New Cars, and you can see a Highlander prices. Pick the one you want, and you get the out-the-door price, our lowest price, our best price. You take that price. And you go to your nearest store dealer and you show it to them, say, I could buy it there for this, beat it. And they oftentimes will or they won't. One way or the other, you have the, you have the ability to shop and compare prices. And the car dealers won't give you that. We do, and that's what we do. So, yeah, 
uh, EarlStewartOnCars.com. What am I talking about? EarlStewartToyota.com. That's our website. And uh, go to the EarlStewartToyota.com and get the lowest price. And then go to the Toyota dealer in your market, show him the price, and see if he'll beat it or meet it. Yep. All right. You caught up? We are caught up over here. Okay, great. Um, let's see. Um, it says, does Toyota, the manufacturer, say anything to the dealerships about how soon the microchip shortage um, will disappear and the new car stocks will return to normal. Um, we do get notified, uh, last one we got was a couple of weeks ago from the president of Southeast Toyota saying that there was some delays in some of the domestic plants in Georgetown and things like that. They assured us they weren't cuts to production, they were just pauses. Um, I haven't received anything directly saying when it's going to end. That's something you probably read a lot more in uh, automotive news or watching it on CNBC. I don't, um, I don't know when it's going to end. Um, you can chime in you there. You know, I, um, it's funny you should mention that. Um, Earl pointed out uh, that a uh, article uh, that was in the Money uh, newspaper. I believe that was USA Today, and they talk about the, chi the uh, chip uh, shortage. And it really hasn't affected Toyota that much. And I think it was because of the tsunami, and Toyota was really prepared, uh, so to speak, so it, it didn't really. You can take a look at this, Earl, if you want to yeah. make a comment. Well, I, I think I think that is relatively true, but it still affected Toyota. This maybe not as much as certain other manufacturers, but affected everybody in the auto industry. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, we're going to go to Rich, who's calling us back from Jupiter. Good morning, Rich. Good morning. Welcome. What can we do for you? Well, I had sent a text, but I figured I'd try and call back. I have a 2017 Toyota Tacoma. It's the third vehicle I bought from Earl Stewart. Hmm. It's my wife's vehicle. I never drive it. And? I drove it the other day, and the transmission just shifts up and down, up and down. And I've done some research that you guys can reflash the transmission with another code to make it shift normally. Mm -hmm. Yes. As a matter of fact, that's one of the places where Toyota really goofed on the Tacoma with the 2016 model year on up. For some reason, they did not program those transmissions properly. Uh, you can stop in. I'm pretty certain it's an, uh, I want to say, eight-year, 80,000-mile that's under warranty for that reflash. Uh, just come in and say, yeah, my transmission's not shifting properly, and it should, like I say, it should be covered under warranty for you, and I'll, we'll put a computer to it, reprogram it, and it may actually have as many as three older versions that you may be back out of. So it's actually been updated like three or four times now for that transmission reflash. And the guy that works next to me in the shop has a 16 that he's had done and he says it is so much better now that he's gotten all the latest updates in it he said it's a world of difference so how long, how long does it take Rick? Uh, once the car comes in the shop I'm gonna say about 35 40 minutes maybe an hour at the most yeah be ready for two hours total waiting time and get you in and out yep now do I need to make an appointment to do that or? it'd be better it's yeah. always better to make an appointment Okay. I appreciate the information. Yeah, the truck's only got, I think, 48,000 miles on it. 
Yeah. Me and my wife love our Toyotas. It's the third one we bought from you. We're always treated great, and we love the bagels. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Rich. We do, too. Thanks, Rich. Love to hear from you again. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us, 772-497-6530. And uh, I have $50 here for the next female caller, new female caller. Now back to Stu. Anonymous feedback. If your CVT transmission, by the way, this is now Transmission Saturday. That's all we're talking about today. But if your CVT, your continuously variable transmission, were to be dying, are there any warning signs or does it just die instantly? Uh, that's almost an unanswerable question because it would really be hard to say just what dying is. They don't really have the same systems to slip like older transmissions did. Um, I would say most likely your first indication would be check engine lights coming on saying, hey, the computer's seeing an issue, and a dealership would be able to diagnose that pretty quick. Okay, there you go. More anonymous feedback. Just wondering, where have all the cloth seats gone, if you don't like leather? Replacing them with soft text seems like we're going backwards to vinyl, to the vinyl seat days. I prefer the seat of the feel of cloth. All the cloth seats have gone to the starting and mid-grade models of, of most cars. You can um, see he doesn't have dogs or kids, right? That's true. Yeah, there's there's advantages, but if you don't, if you're a single a single f person driving around with no yeah. dogs or kids, cloth's fine. But yeah, usually to get cloth, um, you'd have to go to, like, for example, and uh, forgive me, I live in the world of Toyota, but for example, a Camry, starting level Camry will have a, a cloth seat, and then you, as you move up to the SE and the XSE, you're going to get the, the soft text leather. Um, in defense of Softex leather, uh, it's a far cry from vinyl. Vinyl is stretchy. It definitely feels like plastic. I couldn't tell you if I sat in a car with Softex leather whether it was real or not. It's, and it's more, I think it's more environmentally friendly. It's certainly nicer to cows. And uh, there you go. <laughs> All right, let's see. Uh, eat more chicken. Eat more chicken. What a great campaign that was. Um, it seems like in the last 10 years or so, car prices have increased about 25%. I'm curious, is the dealership's profit got up 25%? Or are they still struggling like they usually do? Well, when you say car prices went up 25%, I'll accept that. I don't know that that statistic is accurate. Maybe it is. Uh, you have to remember that the value has gone up 25%. Uh, the cost of ownership, if you look at it, is your cost of between trading cycles or cost of leasing, your cost of owning and operating the car, I don't believe has gone up 25%. Matter of fact, if you go back in history, and I go back to 1968 when I started in the business, even though I had uh, new cars on my lot for $2,000, in terms of real value, uh, that probably was more expensive than the car on my lot now for $40,000. So it's hard when you're looking at absolute dollars to compare apples and apples. I think today's new car, if you negotiate the price, you buy online, you use competitive shopping, to get your lowest price, it's the best value since I've been in the automobile business. You can you can buy a car now near nearer the dealer's true cost than you could back in the day. Uh, if you're if you're a sophisticated shopper, if you if you listen to this show, if you read my book, Confessions of a Recovering Car Dealer, if you go to EarlOnCars.com, use all the tools available to you. You can get a, a slam bang doozy of a low price compared to any time in history. That's right. The consumer has, have, has never had a better position um, 
the, the playing field has been leveled um, with the internet, and that's just changed the whole the whole yeah. game. Um, more anonymous feedback. Oh boy. Okay, we're gonna have to help this person. When going to buy, do I start with MSRP or dealer invoice price? How do I find out what the dealer's cost is? Is it true? Can I refuse all those add-ons and ask what the general dealer fees are? What I'm hearing from your comments is that you shouldn't pay more than $75 for the dock fee. Is that correct? Thanks for your help. Let me give him a short answer. Yes. Uh, your first question, get the MSRP, competitively shop with at least three dealers of that same year make and model car that you're going to buy, and buy it from the dealer that gives you an out-the-door price with the biggest discount from the MSRP. And I could go in and address each issue, forget about the dock fee, forget about the invoice, forget about everything except apples and apples, the same vehicle compared with three dealerships from the same MSRP, out the door price, the price you write the check for and give it to the salesman and you drive home. Right, because all that other stuff are tools that the dealer uses. The invoice is a tool that the dealer uses. So just get that out of your head. Follow that uh, that prescription. And you'll Smoke be and good. mirrors. They, they use all those things, dock fees, uh, dealer addendums, uh, dealer installed accessories, all this hidden fees, they're all they're done to confuse and screw you. MSRP, guaranteed by law, is the same on every car of that same year, make and model, and if you get the biggest discount, and it's true discount, out the door, you got the best deal. That's right. Okay, we're going to go back to the phones and we're going to talk to a first-time caller, Chuck, who's calling us from Palm Springs. Good morning, Chuck. Uh, good morning. How are you this morning? We're doing well. What can we do for uh, you? I just have a, have a quick question about uh, leasing versus uh, buying. Is it ever economically sound to lease a car for three, uh, a car that you really want for three years and then turn around and buy it? Or is that like paying eight or nine years for a car? <laughs> it's usually not, uh, you're usually not able to buy the car at your lease option price and come out ahead. Uh, there was a time when you could, and every now and then you still can. But the uh, residual value, your lease option price, is typically not a real good value in most cases. I would say at any time, if your lease is ending around now, you have a better shot now because used yes. car prices are insane. Yeah. We, got, we, we have regular cars worth $2,000 more than they would in normal situ uh, conditions, and Excel that might Excellent point. I, sh I should but have But only now. This, uh, this ain't going to last. So if yeah. your lease is ending in the now or next few months, you might have a shot. But We're having a crazy spike in the used car market. Your car is worth more now than it was a year ago. Yeah. And cars usually depreciate. We're seeing cars now that are traded in, and we see cars, used cars, that we were selling for the same amount of money as they are today, and no depreciation, they're yeah. appreciating. We're, we're, we're scrambling just to get um, inventory to sell in the used car department, and right now, like for example, we're looking at uh, Tacomas. If we were to go to an auction and buy Tacomas, we, we couldn't do it because they would be priced higher than the new ones. So um, right now, if, if, so if your lease is ending now, uh, check it out, call the dealer, get a payoff, and see what, see what you can do. Yeah, no, I don't have a lease. I just was interested in that uh, that concept, uh, okay. but I am interested in a Tacoma in about a year or two. There you go. All right, but it okay, is crazy, thank though. You. <laughs> You're thank welcome. you, Chuck. Okay, more anonymous feedback. Um, your YouTube video on the waiting game reminded me of a funny interaction with a Honda dealer in Maryland we had a few years ago. My wife and daughter were at the dealership. Uh, the price offer from the dealer was net of trade around 2000 more than my numbers. 
The dealer incorrectly assessed them as unprepared and easy marks. The salesperson actually insulted me and the pricing I had set for the vehicles. They left the dealership. After getting a few miles away, the salesperson called with a revised offer, which was $1,000 less than what the offer was earlier. My wife simply said, you had your chance, goodbye. The next day, we visited a different Honda dealer. We bought the same vehicle, same trim, same MSRP, uh, everything, for 2000 less than what the first dealer offered initially. The lesson, never be afraid to walk away anytime you feel uncomfortable. Yeah, I'm glad that you read that, and it is so true. Time is your friend when buying a car. The longer you shop, the longer you do your homework, the longer you wait, uh, the lower your price. And uh, if you buy the same day you go out on the market, they're going to take advantage of you, and you're going to pay way, way too much money. Uh, the waiting game works in your favor. And they'll tell you the exact opposite. They'll say, I give you my lowest price today. If you leave, I'm not going to give you my lowest price. Now, if that isn't a bunch of nonsense. <laughs> right. And they do that. The car dealers, they, it's so important that you buy today before you have a chance to what? Think and consider. That's what they want you to do. Buy on emotion. But you've got to use logic and common sense, not emotion when you buy a car. Right. Got time for one more before the mystery shopping report? Sure. sure. Okay. More anonymous feedback. I watched your mystery shopping report on off-lease only, and I would never suggest that anyone buy a vehicle that has been wrecked and repaired. You have no idea, really, if it's safe and when you trade it in, look out. The value will be lower than Blue Book because of the past wreck. Even you probably paid a lot less for it <laughs> in the first yeah. place. Well, off-lease only is the Walmart. It's not, uh, it's not Nordstrom's. And uh, it's uh, low overhead, high volume, low prices. But you have to be careful what you buy. They do buy just about any kind of a car at the auction. Uh, but they tell you, and you can get the information on Carfax or, or Auto, what's the other one? Uh, uh, Carfax and... Uh, oh, Auto Check. Auto Check, yeah. So you, you need to check because they will buy a wrecked car that's been repaired and sell it to you. And you get a hell of a price on it. I mean, they, their average price per used car sold is less, just like Walmart is less, than Nordstrom's. So, uh, I'm, I'm going to imagine that the current conditions is kind of hampering their, um, their business model because now yeah. they're paying more for used cars than they ever have. Everybody's paying more. And so when you buy a used car from a dealer, you're paying more. Uh, Wherever you buy it, offleaseonly.com. Carvana is paying insane money for cars, uh, but you should check with them anyway. And uh, Vroom, a new player, Vroom, uh, you know, AutoNation will buy your car from you. It's a it's a seller's market if you have a used car. If you if you have an extra car in the family, a used car that you don't need, it's sitting there gathering dust, shop it around. You'll get far more money today than you ever will. Uh, if you wait a year from now, it's going to cost you a lot of money because supply will catch up with demand. That's right. It's a good time to sell your car. Yeah. All right. We're caught up. Okay. Let's get to the mystery shopping report. And uh, uh, we sent Agent uh, Lightning out of state again. Or she actually went out of state, and yeah. then she did us a favor. I like it better if we say we, we sent her. We sent her, It yeah, sounds right. like we're like, yeah. you know, our and tentacles are reaching everywhere. <laughs> Beeman Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat. Why do they call themselves that? Let's call them Jeep. Yeah, <laughs> Beeman Jeep, yeah. I mean, they don't sell any Fiats. Uh, they don't sell any Dodges. They don't sell any Chryslers. They might sell a few Rams. They sell Rams and Jeeps. That's Probably, what they yeah. sell. Yeah. Hey, do you know the Beeman name? It, it kept ringing a bell. For, at one point, I thought we knew uh, yeah, the I knew, Beeman group. I knew, I knew Beeman. Okay. He, was in my, he was in my Pontiac 20 group. Okay, yeah. 110 years ago. Okay. Jeez. So, uh, Is it Todd Beeman? 
I can't even think now. He's the old man's uh, probably history and probably yeah. his son. Sounds, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Earl Stewart on cars went back to the road with this week's mystery shopping report. Agent Lightning returned to the Nashville, Tennessee area for another almost record-setting long distance with a mystery shop. The long-distance record was set a few weeks ago when Agent Lightning investigated Murfreesboro. That's a tongue twister. Nancy and I were trying to pronounce that in the Murfreesboro. car. Murfreesboro. Murfreesboro. Uh, Nissan. She traveled uh, 809 miles on that mission. This week she came close. Beeman Chrysler Dodge is 797 miles from our studies, our studios in Palm Beach Gardens. We're supposed to uh, surprised by how bad things went at the Murfreesboro Nissan. We incorrectly assumed a smaller, more rural market wouldn't have the sort of car dealers that we typically see down here. Agent Lightning's experience could have come straight out of Miami, Dodge City, when it comes to buying a car. About the roughest market anywhere. Used to be L.A. was rough, but they, they've tamed L.A. Mm -hmm. uh, Marshall Dillon went to L.A. and tamed it. Shot the dealer, got rid of the dealer. Exactly, and now it's a tame market. I mean, we need Marshall Dillon in the Dade County now. You're Marshall Dillon. Yeah, I am Marshall <laughs> I got my, here's my badge. Right. <laughs> we were surprised by, okay, Murfreesboro Nissan checked all the boxes, bait and switch ad, unwanted insta dealer installed accessories, the waiting game, high pressure, big hit dealer fees. Uh, they did as well as the bad boys of South Florida. And let me, a little aside here, I know we're running a little short on time here. Nissan dealers are historically uh, the bad guys. And, uh, uh, front page of today's automotive news. You don't read this, folks, but Stu and I and Nancy do. And uh, the headline is they got a new, a new guy in charge of Nissan, and they brought him in because Nissan is foundering. They're bankruptcy. Uh, they're courting bankruptcy. Uh, their CEO uh, was arrested and jailed, and then he escaped from jail. In I mean, outside of that, they don't have any problems. In a case, he was smuggled out in a like a speaker <laughs> case. And uh, the dealers hate them. And uh, anyway, uh, one of the reasons why, what would you expect at a Nissan dealer? Would you expect a good attitude? I mean, when you're going through this. Anyway, they got rid of the other guy. They got a new guy in there. And you know what he did? He threw out stair-step financing. And you know what Automotive News called it? The stair-step scheme. And that's another show, and I've talked about it before, but it, it's a bad thing that puts too much pressure on the dealers and the customers. Anyway, back to the shopping report. Uh, the question is, okay, uh, oh, the Nashville metro area may be more familiar uh, similar to our area than we realized. When Agent Lightning told us that she was making another trip to Tennessee, we got our shot to test the theory. Since we don't know the area, we asked as Agent Lightning to slick the dealership. We didn't learn the name of our target until the report came in Thursday night. She has total autonomy. She's so good and so professional. Um, That's right. So just make it happen. Yeah. Make it I'm going to Tennessee. All right. Yeah. Send me a report. Now I'm pretending like I'm Agent Lightning, and this is a report. Before driving over to Beeman Chrysler, I went on Instant Jeep. I went on their website to find the car to pretend to buy. I found a new 2021 Jeep Gladiator. I love the name Gladiator. High altitude, macho, right? Yeah, that's the uh, like the, yeah, the pickup yeah. truck that they have. High altitude, four by four, with an MSRP of fifty-five thousand four hundred dollars. Listing showed a four thousand dollar discount, thousand dollar rebate, and a final price of fifty thousand four hundred. You know, I was thinking about when I read it, final price. 
all these euphemisms I use for anything but what it should be Adjusted a true out-the-door product. Here's how I, here, these popped into my head. The final price, that's one. Bottom line, you see a lot of bottom line prices that are BS. Discounted. Here's a discounted price. Or this is your price. Adjusted price. Adjusted price. <laughs> the only thing you want, folks, and they'll, t they'll call it out-the-door too, but the only thing you want is a real out-the-door you write the check for it, and you take the car, and you get out of there. That's an out-the-door price. Anyway, uh, I arrived just after 6 p.m., wandered the lot for 10 minutes before the inside of the showroom. We're in Tennessee, if you just tuned in. The place was small, a little dated, but much nicer and cleaner than Murfreesboro Nissan. Not a single person there wore a mask. I was the only one. And she said she got stares. Yeah. People were staring at her with the mask. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I had a customer call me and complain because one of my salespeople... Uh, wasn't wearing his mask. Out, and outside, by the, it was outside, by the way. Outside, we yeah. It was outside, but uh, <laughs> at any rate, uh, the point is, it's a major event. Everybody gets hysterical. Anybody walks around with a mask. Right. So in, te in Tennessee, ain't, ain't going to happen. In Tennessee, they don't wear a mask at the car dealerships, apparently. I was greeted by a receptionist who offered to get a salesperson for me. I waited for a while, maybe 15 minutes, before Karina approached me, my first female salesperson. Female on female, we have right there, uh, Agent Lightning with Karina. Karina apologized for how long I waited, explained they were swamped that day. She said she wore a lot of hats and was responsible not only for in-store sales, but also phone sales and internet sales leads. Then she went on in some detail about how they handle the sales leads in their store. They don't have an online department. Instead, all their salespeople answer to an online lead who distributes leads among them. So they're using the word lead in multiple <laughs> applications, I thought it was kind of funny, but yeah, and, the manager's got a lead. And it's a wave of the future. That's the way it's going to be, and uh, pretty soon it'll be that way. Everywhere there, there's not going to be any more real walk in the door one day. It'll all be online, and that's the reason we're forming the online assistance team. After I had a full understanding of their lead handling process, Karina led me to a desk, again asking questions, we talked about me and none about the Jeep, the Jeep I wanted. I gave her the stock number of the one I found online, and I asked if they still had it. She checked and reported back that it was available. She said that I had picked a beauty. She asked if I'd ever driven a Gladiator. I said, no, I dated one once. I'm okay. <laughs> uh, I said I was familiar with the regular Wranglers, but I had never driven the Gladiator. She told me about several cool features on the Gladiator like the adjustable tailgate, that she went to the keys, get the keys. She was back quickly, and we walked outside to find the Gladiator. Walked around it, affixed to the rear window, was the fanciest, nicest-looking addendum I'd ever seen. Dealer addendum sticker, and it was a beauty. Glossy, white, blue, black. It was for the premium safety package. Kahu connected K car? What's that? It's, it's Kahu. Kahu? I'm pretty sure, yeah. What's that mean? Okay, so I'll, I'll run down these things. So okay. the first thing is Kahu connected car. It's just a GPS tracker. You can buy these oh. things, by the way, on Amazon for about 50 bucks. Oh. Um, and you have an app and you can track your car. Kahu, I like that. The second thing is called pulse collision avoidance. Now that sounds like the pre collision system that stops your car. It is not. It's a. Uh, a little thing that they attach to the wiring harness that goes to your your brake light, uh -huh. and so your center-mounted high brake light, the ones that goes in the up, you know, on your rear window, uh -huh. it'll it'll pulse, it'll flash. 
to get the drivers behind you's attention. Mm -hmm. uh, that therefore potentially avoiding a rear end um, collision. And then the last one you could probably explain: perma plate exterior R appearance. And rusted dust. Yeah. This uh, BS. Yeah. You know, you finish on your car is very good. You don't need anything except normal wax, right. and that's up to you. Uh, and maybe once a year, some say every thirty so days. This is Rick, literally. Rick, Rick waxes his truck every day, so it just depends yeah. on like clockwork. How I obsessive you are. I can tell you that this package probably cost the dealer. I'm going to say under a hundred dollars. Yeah, exactly. even it sounds it sounds way better yeah. than mud guards, but it and it sounds very high and tech. And the charge was one thousand two hundred eighty-seven dollars, right. a thousand percent markup to be conservative. Yeah. Okay, we climbed inside, take it for a test drive, to notice the fuel gauge was buried on empty. Karina has a sense of humor about it, remarked on my bad luck and have had to wait so long and now we're in the car with an empty tank. We drove to a shell station. Karina asked me if she could get me something to drink and went inside to pay. She came back and put some gas in the Jeep. She didn't say they they didn't she did did say they intentionally keep low fuel levels so the gas doesn't go bad. Now that's BS, but it's, it's puffery. It's BS, or um, she is testifying to their sl very slow turn rate. <laughs> maybe, they, maybe they keep low gas in the uh, yeah. in the Chryslers I'll and tell the you Fiats. What, the reason they don't put a lot of gas in a car in a car dealership is because the salesman will find the car with the most gas and, and drive it home. And take, a da take so, their data on so it. So yeah. it's, it's, every car dealer deliberately yeah. puts as little as much gas in the cars because everybody in the dealership is driving the one that's got the most gas, particularly when gas was over $4. Yeah, you put again. more gas in the Jeep. A little insider right. thing there that yeah. most people don't know. Uh, on the long test drive, Karina impressed me with her knowledge of the vehicle, and this car had so many cool features. Like, oh, I, I told about Nancy about this. She, Nancy loved this, and I love it. Listen to this feature on this Jeep uh, uh, Gladiator. Yeah. When you're putting air in the tires, the horn will beep when you reach the proper air pressure. That's very cool. How cool is that? <laughs> nice. Wow, I love it. I mean, I'd almost buy a car that had that feature. I yeah. mean, how? You I don't mean, need a gauge. You can go to a gas station, yeah. put the quarter in, yeah. and, and not even worry about it. Music to my ears. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we returned to the dealership park. Karina went on for another 15 minutes describing the features of the performance of the Jeep. It was now after 8 p.m. Well, you've been there for two hours. It's dark. Wow. We returned to the dealership park, Karina, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, I just read that, yeah. We went inside, found the same desk, Karina worked on her computer a little, then said she was going to get the figures off the printer for me. She told me that the pricing policy is straightforward, and they give everyone the online price. I watched her get the uh, worksheet from the printer, she didn't speak with anyone else, no sales manager, how refreshing. So it sounds good to me. Uh, at first glance, the worksheet appeared to show the same price I saw online. MSRP, I mean, it was the, what do they call it? The final price. Final price. It was the final price. So yeah. It must be the, you know. So uh, she, the, the, she says the, uh, uh, that was 55400 And there was a $4,000 discount, $1,000 rebate, another discount. Sale price was the same as the final price. Final price on the listing, fifty thousand four hundred. Well, that's the final price. Here, here's my checkbook. I'm going to hand this to you. Wait, don't that's do that. It's not really final. Yeah. <laughs> but that game, the ads. Okay. Of course, we got the one thousand two hundred eighty-seven dollars for what cost the dealer a hundred dollars, and uh, premium safety package uh, from the addendum. And there was also a six hundred ninety-eight dollar surprise dealer fee. So that's uh, almost two thousand dollars in extras from the final price. Yeah, that's the final price plus two thousand dollars. 
I asked her if there was any room on the price. Did I skip something there? Okay. I told you I was reading this. Yeah. Huh. Try to lick my thumb, and I got my mask on, so excuse me. Okay, that's yeah, I'm on the right page. I asked her if there's any room on the price. Uh, Karina said the most she could do was maybe another $200, but only if I was close to making a deal. She defended the price by saying she had already taken $5,000 off. Good retort. I asked about the addendum label and said I was interested, and uh, I wasn't interested in getting any of those things. She responded by saying, since the sticker was already on the vehicle, it meant that all those items were already installed. So she can't do anything about it. can't do anything about it. Karina asked if I was ready to wrap it up and take it home. I said I needed to discuss at home with my husband, and I would call her in the morning. She walked me to the car, said she looked forward to hearing from me in the future, and uh, here's the epilogue. Uh, Agent Lightning made the point to describe Karina warm and friendly, very professional, and this goes to Nancy's point. We need more female salespeople because Cause, females Because you don't see it coming when they get you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's true. Yeah. And you know, because you feel more comfortable. Yeah. Uh, we all feel comfortable with certain types of people. And it's obvious that women feel more comfortable with women. A lot of men feel more comfortable yeah. with women. I'm one of them. When I go into a retail store, which isn't often these days, but when I did go into retail stores, I'd always rather I deal with a nice woman than a, than a guy. I don't know. They're just they're they're gentle. They're empathy. They listen more. They don't, you know, talk over you. They don't they don't push me around, uh, except Nancy. Nancy pushes me around. Uh, this is very interesting considering many of the bad sales tactics were in play at Beeman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, she, uh, uh, Lightning said she would have bought the car from her. She really, if she was there to do it, she goes, it yeah, was such a pleasant yeah, experience. Yeah. Love the experience. Yeah. Now, now, I have to say something. I told Stu this when we came up in the ele elevator to the studio this morning together. Uh, showing how difficult it is to really catch everything a dealer's up to is when a professional is caught with his pants down. In this case here, uh, Agent Lightning, who is, uh, I consider a professional now, uh, she was fooled by something. And Stu, who wrote the report, he was fooled by something. And that doesn't happen very often. I got lucky, and I happened to get my magnifying glass out, and I looked at the addendum <laughs> label on the picture taken on the addendum, the $1,287, uh, $100 cost uh, you know, addendum label. And in the fine print, which you couldn't read, I mean, I said, literally, I had my magnifying glass, uh, it said that the option, the installations of these accessories on the car are not factory accessories and they are not required to purchase. You can buy the car without them. Now, Agent Lightning was told by Karina that uh, she had to buy it because they were installed in the car already and if you want to buy that car, you're going to have to get them. So whether she knew about the fine print, it's possible that, agent, that the salesperson didn't know about the fine print. The fine print was put there by the lawyer for the dealer, by Beeman's lawyer, to cover him, probably because he got sued one time. Probably from the company, because we saw this, uh, p this uh, premium oh. safety package. Oh. I, I Googled it, and it's being sold by dealers all over the country. So, oh. so it's a thing that somebody went to the dealership, they sold it to them, and 
they probably put in there because they probably got in trouble yeah, they, for yeah, yeah yeah they actually the important thing is they said the uh, they said purchase of optional products and service contract options not required for vehicle purchase or to obtain financing and that's a big big no 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 if you say yeah. to get financing you got to buy this yeah. from me so so there you have it uh, interesting report much better than the Nissan report in Tennessee before and uh, and. Let's it's interesting. So let's let's hear the scores. They'll be coming in online. If you haven't already done it, you could text us, you could Facebook us, you could YouTube us, uh, you could call us. Well, you can't call us, the phones are turned off. But let's hear your votes and we'll poll the members of the studio here. Mm -hmm. We got them coming in. Linda gives them a C, and that's pretty charitable from uh, yeah. Linda. The Black Widow. That's right. Oh, it's usually, a black it's usually the, a big fat F, but we got a C from Linda. Um, also, Jonathan Wellington gives them an F. They can take their final price and go dot, dot, dot. <laughs> uh, Mark gives them a C minus. Uh, bad dollars. And then we got a D plus. Um, and who is this from here? That's from Tom. Tom gives them D pluses. No pressure. It took time to explain, but the false addendum claim and dealer fees keeps the grade below average. And I am leaning towards that I'm not sure if I'm going to be a C minus or a D plus, which actually is the same thing. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to give them a D. Uh, yeah. I, I don't I don't like the uh, the addendum. I don't like all that sort of stuff. But they get points for Karina because she seems like uh, like a good good salesperson. Uh, Rick. Well, we've got Rico with a B, Wayne with a D minus, uh, Tom Gilliland or Tim Gilliland. I'm sorry, not the worst except for the mask C, Andrew with a C. John with a C minus, and let's see, Mark Ryan with a C, and E.C. Olson with a D. Myself, I'm, I'm gonna go with the C. I, I think except for that addendum, that's I think pretty that's, good. Yeah. I too am going to give them a C. Okay, um, I'm gonna give them a C plus, and uh, I think that uh, I, I, I didn't realize that the fine print was from the manufacturer of the addendum label. I think it's entirely possible that nobody ever read it. Right. Uh, dealers don't read fine print. I don't read fine print. You don't read fine print. Nobody reads fine print. Fine print is the biggest joke uh, on the entire human race. Uh, it was something that was invented by attorneys. And uh, without fine print, we wouldn't have any attorneys. Yeah. So it's, it's just a, a joke. If, if, if I was elected president of the United States, I would, by executive order, eliminate all fine print. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah, and then uh, if I was emperor of the world, I would do it also. The thing is, the reason I can't give him a higher grade, it's just because I think the answer to Agent Lightning when she says, I'm not interested in any of those things, maybe make a shot to explain the value, even though we know there's not value, and then offer, well, we can, we can get another vehicle for you, sure. a, a newer one. Yeah. I'll, I'll get, you know, make the sale and don't do yeah. that. If somebody doesn't want equipment, don't yeah. force it on them. Yeah. Uh, we got a little bit of time. Let me mention something uh, that I had. Uh, planned on mentioning, but it's very interesting. Volkswagen was rumored a few weeks ago, or maybe a couple months ago, that they were going to change the name of their product in this uh, country to the Volkswagen, T-O-L-T-S, Volkswagen. Now, uh, the media jumped on it, and so on and so forth. Anyway, the Automotive News uh, just wrote an article. Uh, Volkswagen, that, that was a early April Fool's joke or something, and uh, they, uh, they lied to the media, and the Automotive News called Volks Volkswagen and said, is this true? And they said, yes, it is true. 
They lied to the media. And they wrote an editorial about it. Now, why am I talking about this? Because it's, it's a moral thing. Volkswagen was the one, you recall, that lied again about their emissions and that they uh, fired and almost jailed their CEO for, for lying. They actually created a device on the computer of their Volkswagens that when you put it on the emission test, the EPA test in the United States, they put it on their diagnostic equipment, it tricked the diagnostic equipment into thinking the emissions were uh, less than they actually were. It was premeditated from the top to sell more cars that are spewing out contamination. I mean, that, that speaks to the moral uh, fiber of the autom automobile manufacturer. And here they're lying to the media. One, you can lie to the customers, folks, but you don't start lying to the media because they're going to get you. <laughs> the worst company to try that. Yeah, you <laughs> like, don't want to so lie to the Ford, media. Ford might have gotten away with it. Yeah. But, but not Volkswagen. There's a history there. It's bad. Yeah. So anyway, Volkswagen watch it. And not to mention, I talk about the morals I mentioned earlier, the CEO, Gohn, G-H-O-S-N, you know, they caught him stealing. They caught him, what did they, they, they catch him doing? He was a... Uh, uh, he was arrested for something, and uh, and then they jailed him, and he escaped from jail. The, the morals of the auto manufacturers are really uh, in, in question these days. Not all of them, but some of them. Nissan and Volkswagen, for sure. Okay, I'm I'm on the rant. I stop. <laughs> well, I think we uh, settled it. We uh, we, we gave the grades to Beeman Jeep, and uh, and we're almost running out of time. Yeah, uh, so we're going to give a a good grade. Unfortunately, this is in Murfreesboro or someplace in Tennessee. It's the only place you can buy a uh, Jeep is up there. And uh, look at our uh, our, our uh, reports at uh, Earl on Cars. We'll tell you the recommended dealers, and you can pick your uh, Nissan or uh, Jeep dealer and buy from there. We have recommended dealers in all makes. By the way, uh, goes was how did you pronounce the guy's name from Nissan? Gone or Gosen or Gone. Gone, yeah. So yeah. it was some um, illegal accounting practices uh, some, and the fraud. So that was he, what he was arrested for. Yeah. Where is he? Is he on the lam right now? He's just out there? Or? He's, he's on some country with a non-extradition tready. Lebanon, sure. right? Uh, it could so be, something yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Crazy. Okay. Only in the car business. Okay, take us home, Nancy. Oh, okay. <laughs> Folks, thank you so much for tuning in to Earl on Cars. We love your company. Stay tuned next Saturday morning, same time. We'll be right here. <laughs>